This is Notoriously Episcopalian. My name is Kelly Hudlow. This is a podcast of sermons and musings all about the Christian faith and especially about being an Episcopalian. This is a sermon offered for the first Sunday of Advent, November 28, 2021, at St. Paul's Episcopal Church in Greensboro, Alabama. The principal text of the sermon is Psalm 25, verses 1 through 9. May I speak in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. As a sign of the times, a few weeks ago, I dutifully made a trip to Walmart to get my COVID booster shot. I arrived a bit early because you have to fill out paperwork when you do that. And after I handed in the paperwork, I took a seat in the little waiting area that they've now created in the pharmacy section. It's where you can stare at like the Pepto-Bismol and, and, <laughs> and acids and waited for the pharmacist to call my name. Waiting alongside me was a young man um, who worked at Walmart. He had his, his Walmart vest on. And he had signed in right before me to get a COVID vaccine. And so as we're sitting there, there's not a lot to look at of any interest. He turns and asks me, am I getting my first or second shot of the vaccine? And I explained, well, I was actually getting my third. And he said that he, this was his first time. He was getting his first shot. And after a minute or two, he sort of nervously asked how I felt after I got the vaccine. I told him pretty honestly, you know, the first shot I felt fine, the second one I felt pretty lousy, but after about a day it passed and I was back to my my usual sort of self, but that I was really glad, even though I felt lousy, that I had been able to get the vaccine. He went on to tell me that his mother worked at the VA, so she had gotten the vaccine really early on, But with everything that was going on in late 2020 and into 2021, he just wasn't sure if it was right for him to get the vaccine. The more he talked, the more it became clear that the real issue for him was not that he had enough information, but he didn't know who to trust in all of the information that he was receiving. He watched as a few more family members also went on to get the vaccine. But then, in the middle of 2021, his wife had a baby, and now he had the added worry of he works at Walmart around a bunch of people every day, and his baby can't get the vaccine. And so, after talking with his mom, talking with his wife, he decided that the best thing to do would be for him to get the shot so that he could better take care of his baby. So we each took our shots and turns. We waited in a different part of the little waiting area where they shuffled us to wait the 15 minutes before we could leave. There still was nothing particularly interesting to look at. Um, And we wished each other, you know, a good day as we walked off. As I went about my day, I kind of thought about that short conversation with that young man. He was clearly very nervous. I don't know why I seemed to have a face of somebody to talk to. I wasn't wearing a clergy collar or anything like that. I was just somebody sitting there staring at the Pepsi AC just like he was waiting to get a shot. And so I thought about our conversation and realized that so much of what he said summed up my experience of the past two years, right? The past two years, I've had tons of information thrown at me, but what has been the real struggle is to figure out who I can trust 
that's giving me this information. Which news source is it? Which doctor? Which leader is it? Right? The 21st century technology of the web gives us access to all the knowledge in the world and all the opinions in the world, but it doesn't come ready-made with a guide of how to sort things out and how to figure out who to trust. And in that moment, I realized that so much of the stress and fatigue that I have felt over the past several years really came down to the amount of effort that it took to work sorting things out to answer the very simple question of who and what can I trust. So I am ready for the season of Advent. And the reason why I'm ready for the season of Advent is it's a season that is all about prophets and about promise and about trusting God enough to wait expectantly for God's work to come to fulfillment in the world. I'm ready to be out of sync with the rest of the world, right? The rest of the world started two weeks ago being ready for Christmas. The decorations were up, all the sales and what we needed to buy were there. But I'm ready to be that weird person that's like, ah, I'm going to focus on something different for the next few weeks. What I want to focus on is anticipation and hope. Our readings, the text this morning, what we read the first Sunday of Advent, is sort of like if you take a book and pick chapter 2 and like the next to the last chapter and decide that you're going to read them at the same time. Right? We get a reading from Jeremiah, so earlier in the story of God's people and the struggle of God's people. And then we have this reading from the Gospel of Luke where we hear Jesus, who's at the, nearly the end of his earthly ministry. Right, So he is predicting and talking about what the end of the world will be like, what the end times are, what the signs that we are to look for and the stress that's going to come. And then back in Jeremiah, that prophet is writing to the people of God in this midst of this broken relationship that they have with God, where they are paying the price for not being faithful. The city of Jerusalem has been destroyed. The people of God are facing death and imprisonment in complete despair. But even in the face of such things, Jeremiah writes, The days are surely coming, says the Lord when I will fulfill the promise I, your God, made. With the view of the end times that Jesus is talking about, he doesn't tell us to run and hide or to be, you know, just to give up on everything. He tells us in light of everything that is to come when these terrible things happen, we are to stand up and to raise our heads because we know and trust in the promise of God that our redemption is drawing near. We, in the season of Advent, are waiting for the promise of God, trusting that the God who has saved in the past will continue God's saving acts. As Christians, we receive this promise through Jesus Christ, right? We have been saved through the life and ministry and death and resurrection of Jesus, but we know that the fullness of our redemption is still yet to come. Advent is the beginning of our liturgical year. I told somebody last week that if they really liked making New Year's resolutions, that they could make them now because we were starting a new year. And in 30 days, if they needed to sort of reorder things, they could make the next set of New Year's resolutions when the calendar year resets. 
But it's important that this is the way we start our year, right? Our liturgical calendar invites us to retrace the steps of Jesus' life. We are called to remember the promise of God that came in the incarnation and the acts of God of saving us again and again. But in Advent, we start at the end of the story. We start knowing that God is going to be victorious and so that our season of waiting and preparation and our cycle of the church year all makes, begins to make different sense when we know that God is at work in the world. Psalm 25, which we also sometimes get in the season of Lent, which makes sense because Advent and Lent both have a bit of a penitential nature to them. Psalm 25 gives us a guide as to what we should be doing while we are waiting. Because it's not just sitting there um, in the chair in the pharmacy at Walmart looking at the Pepto-Bismol boxes, right? Advent is about an active sort of waiting. And Psalm 25 tells us that the prayer of the psalmist there is that God leads them in, the, in God's truth and teaches them. Right? So Advent is a season of learning God's truth and being taught by God because God is the God of our salvation and it's that God that we continue to trust in all the day long. The season of Advent, we wait actively to learn the truth of God that we have trusted, to learn God's plan and saving work in the world, and to learn the way of God is to learn the way of God's compassion and God's love. One way we learn is by hearing the stories of God's saving acts in Scripture. That's why we get lots of readings from the prophets. And, but we also learn by acting with compassion, by using this as a season of taking care of those that are around us. In the craziness of this life, it can certainly be hard to stay on the path of God's love and compassion. It's a lot easier to act in anger or selfishness or self-righteousness. It feels good to be right and have others be wrong. It feels good to surround ourselves with people that agree with us. It feels good to have the appearance of being in control. But the most important thing that Advent teaches us when we walk in the ways of God, is that our salvation is not from this world. That our wealth and our power are not our saviors. That our knowledge and prestige, our reputation will not save us. That politicians or political parties will not save us. That we ourselves are not our saviors, right? Nor are we the saviors of the world. Advent reminds us that there is only one Savior and one salvation. It is our trust in God that allows us to wait expectantly and actively. It's our trust in God and in God's love and compassion that guides us in the sorting out of who or what we can trust in this world. When we learn and walk in the ways of God, we can sort through the spin of this world by looking for those things and people that are marked by God's love and compassion. That young man that I met while waiting for my booster shot, finally deciding to trust his mother and his family, the real thing that moved him is he realized that by getting the vaccine, he was acting out of compassion and love for his family. It was the way that he could best protect them. And so based on love and compassion, he figured out that he could trust his mom. He could trust the doctors. He could trust the science to get the vaccine.
The other thing that Psalm 25 does, it invites us to begin the active season of waiting of Advent with a prayer of offering. It's not an offering of stuff or things. It is an offering of our very selves. The writer of the psalm is aware of the dangers of the world, is aware that they have enemies around them, is aware that they have been sinful in their life and their youth. They are not perfect. The world is not perfect. But the psalmist writes at the beginning, To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. My God, I put my trust in you. As we begin our year again, let us again offer ourselves, all of us, the good, the bad, and everything in between to the God that we put our trust in, to the God that has saved us and will save us again. Amen.